It's a bit of a problem, this, Tegan. There's a living mind enslaved in the middle of that lot. Face. I recognize it from somewhere. It's Captain Revere. today's episode i did find it really strange that the ground everywhere was just like soil like you'd be in a bedroom it's like yeah we just have soil on the floor here there aren't enough women in this story we're not prepared to give them fully rounded characters but but we'll just let them have a few lines (laughs) at line exactly at line I want to talk about a keyboard-controlled filing cabinet. Love a bit of that. <laughs> yeah, is he related to them? Is he a different sort of creature? Yeah, because he looks just like him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hello and welcome to World Enough and Time, the classic Doctor Who podcast that reunites Andy and Alex despite the world that exists between them. Hello! Hello, face to face! Face to facey face, right in your face. Oh, so nice. Makes yes, my heart is. glad. Yeah. Still here, still I here. I know, still languishing. Yes. In... Just, I feel like you've been doing a Louise Jameson in my cupboard. You've just been here for too long. Really? In fact, I haven't. I've no. been all around New Zealand. I only got back yesterday. But um, yes, it was lovely to come back last night and just have beer and chat and mm, stuff but we've also learned things this morning haven't we what have we learned we've been on quite a learning curve oh yes haven't we though the um the myers Briggs. there yeah what's that the myers-briggs <laughs> type indicator in the room yes so what we've discovered is having known for a long time what our types were our personality types we did the test again today and we've discovered that we've changed types Yay! Which I think is about growth. And we are. We're just, maturing. Just we listen are. to the maturity I in know. us. I know. Every time you know how mature we are yes. already. But let's talk about you first. Yes, so, if we could. So what were you before? What are you now? And tell us what that means. So I was always, no matter how much I hated it and how much I tried to frig the way I answered the test, no matter what I did, <laughs> I always came out as an entertainer, always just a frivolous, silly person who just finds joy in everything, but is quite annoying and um, just a little bit flippant, I guess. And that was characterised by people such as Homer Simpson and yes. Joey Tribbiani, which I was really not loving. Um, yes, yeah, so we looked at what we thought we were last night as a reminder of who famous celebrities or fictional characters were. 
And mine famously comes out in like things like Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings um, as Sauron and <laughs> Lord Voldemort. Yeah. Um, we, uh, yeah. But anyway, back it, to you it, first. It didn't feel like something I was going to refute for you. Ah, wow. <laughs> But um, yours has changed from entertainer to what? So now I have changed to a campaigner. And as I was reading it, it felt right. I am still that same frivolous, silly person that likes to have a good laugh. But there is a depth to me now. There is more consideration for people's feelings. And there is a a kindness to me and a more involved, deeper human yeah. Which was nice. I feel like I've grown up overnight. Well, I think that's, that's what I always saw in you, but yes. maybe not other people didn't see it. Or I didn't see it in myself. Oh, maybe. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, so I'm glad to now be a campaigner. Yeah, it's very similar to an entertainer, but just I feel like it's a, a step forward. It's more nuanced and deep. Yes, that is me. Please tell us what your previous <laughs> Myers so I was, was Commander, which is basically I just have to be in charge of everything and power and all this stuff which I think was true when I was a manager but I like to think oh, I'm way more empathetic than this but maybe I wasn't but now my new type which is oh can you please tell us also first the story about the other personality no, type we, we test can't that talk about that you have to say no, never speak no I really like it so I did a course I think it was about 1996 and basically we were all plotted on a chart um, a work course and it was in London and basically they just put, pulled this this leaf over the flip chart to show a transparent leaf to show where you match with important leaders and stuff and celebrities and, and, and celebrities yeah. and mine was an exact match for margaret thatcher <laughs> which feels really right for no. you <laughs> right so where's the growth where have you where i've have become, become from commander to protagonist nice which means i still like to lead and, and take the lead but I'm more interested in how people feel and taking them on that journey and making them grow as people. Um, it's all well, about nurturing as yes, well as leading. it leaving. does feel more real for you. Yeah. Yes. So it's like, this is who I'm meant to be. Yeah. Hooray. Like. So essentially we found out we're really nice people and we really like ourselves. That's what I feel. Yes. Yes. Hooray. No, no. But, well a, but enough yeah. of this personality. Yeah. Could you shut up, please? Shit. We all want to know. Well, as always, I've been watching every bit of shit that exists. (laughs) Um, But I'm not going to talk about that because I'm going to talk about the thing that I really absolutely love at the moment, which is my audiobooks for Gregor the Overlander. Because I frickin' frickin' love it. I'm so happy. And it feels really appropriate for today's story. Because um, in Gregor the Overlander... um, Basically, it's written by Suzanne Collins. It's nothing to do with um, the Hunger Games world, um, but she does create a really wonderful world, which is um, the premise is that in the 16th century, a group of people um, led by Bartholomew of Sandwich um, <laughs> found um, like an underground world. Yeah. Um, so they, um, they all, over the course of 50 years, um, migrated to live in this kind of underground world, actually under the earth. And, um, and yeah, but it's, it's set in the present day and this um, 11-year-old chap from um, New York falls down a laundry chute with his, um, his baby sister um, and he comes upon this world. And obviously the, the laws of kind of physics and stuff are kind of different. And, um, and so all of the people who live there, there's giant rats that live 
all over Ooh. the place, but also there's these giant cockroaches, which made me feel very tractatory. Ah, um, and they kind of, yeah, they have really, well, they all have very kind of defined kind of personality types as well. They're kind of, the, the, the bats and the humans um, come together and they're really close, they form bonds. The rats are called the Noras and they're kind of always trying to attack them. And I need to read this. So good. And the... Um, Oh, what do they call the? I think the crawlers are the um, the giant cockroaches, right. and um, and they absolutely fall in love with the baby. The baby, like they just they worship her as like this princess, and they have to go on this quest in this um, in this underland. And oh, honestly, I'm so there. I'm on the third book, and I'm just I'm in love with all of it. I wow. love Gregor is your perfect protagonist, and he right. is just like a he's 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 in these kind of. Um, what are they, these prophecies um, mm-hmm. by Bartholomew of Sandwich is like one stone room with all these prophecies in them and they can't quite understand what's happening but they know that there's going to be a son of the sun who is Gregor and he comes and he fulfills all of these prophecies but he's always questioning why he's doing things he's not just like fighting rats he's got real kind of heart to him and he really he doesn't just follow these things blindly and he really does kind of make them think about why they're following these prophecies without thinking and yeah no it's oh, so wonderful so that is what I have been doing but not watching on TV well I love the Hunger Games book so I think I'm going to like this yeah. I'm just amazed it's not been picked up as a film franchise. it has it's oh. been bought by someone it hasn't been ah. there's no production date started yet the issue is though I was thinking How about it, as, it? Um, yeah the realisation of it would be so hard because the whole thing is in like pretty much pitch darkness ah. so they have to have torches the whole time and it's like oh, really gosh. exhausting I'm thinking to watch that would be a lot really more painful dark. than to, to listen it, to yeah so, um, yeah, so, yes, could be a problem. But, yeah, wonderful. Good. Yes. So, I'm going to tell you about one bad and one good. Okay. The bad is The Watcher, which I was enjoying all the way until the end. And it was like, at the end, they said, no, we haven't, we can't work it out ourselves. We haven't decided who, who The Watcher was. Yeah. So, at the end, oh, the case is unresolved. No, yeah. this is a seven-part TV series that I've sat watching Thinking there'll be a clever ending. That's like, no, we can't work it out either. But Fuck off! They kind of came up with a solution that could have worked, but then said, but it wasn't true. No! It, it was, was so <laughs> annoying. I was furious. It's a bit like, you know, Stephen Moffat's Doctor Who. It's like the unspeakable potatoes and all that stuff. I know, but you've got to give you know, me a resolution. Have, you can't we need our bones. drag it people along. tied up. Yeah, so I agree. So, very annoying. Furious I watched that. But what I'm very pleased about is The Return of the Crown. Um... I'm not a royalist. I'm not interested in the royal family. If you put me in front of a royal family documentary, you'd be like, no, I'm not having it. No. Didn't barely watch the Queen's funeral. No, Dipped in for a moment. Um, as I said in an earlier pod, loved the coffin watching, purely yes. from an ethnographic point of view. But the crown is back. I love the crown. It's just so detailed and you really believe in the characters and they're so well acted. And oh, honestly, it's just so clever. Each episode is its own little mini film. And it's about a different aspect, which is usually metaphorical and really thoughtful. So the first episode of series, whatever we're on, is about the Royal Yacht Britannia and the Queen's relationship with it and how it's starting to fall apart. And this is mirrored in the fact that the monarchy is starting to come under threat and criticism. And it's about her age and is she, you know, should she be letting go and let Charles take place, take over? So it's all such clever writing and of course it's got the best actors in it so we've got Imelda Staunton now as the Queen and she's brilliant oh okay and oh, previously it was Olivia Colman and before that it was um, whatever she was called who was brilliant oh um, yeah that Claire Lass yes um, Foy yeah so 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 good that um, I can't fault it and I, it's just a series I would never think of watching 
Yeah. But I'm so happy it's back. And the funniest thing was that, you know, when I was in Croatia and someone was sat next to me on the plane really close and then we got off and it was Natasha McElhone, the actress. Um, and and Michael Honey, is that not how you say it? Oh, possibly. Michael Honey, I don't I know. Thought. But anyway, she's in the she was in the first episode and I was like, I know her. I said, yes. Yes. You yes. up next to her. I did, sweetie. Well, you would, wouldn't you? Yes. So anyway, that's what we've been watching on TV. <gasps> yeah. But what we don't know, what we really don't know, is what the F Louise Jameson's up to back home. Because <laughs> she's been unmonitored for some weeks now. I reckon there's been... What's your bet? M- media parties galore. I reckon Do she's think? been having the whole cast of Doc Martin round. Yeah. I think it's, um, yeah, it's been party time. I think she's probably started a theatre school. Quite likely. Hippie commune. Yeah. One of the above. More scarves. Maybe a little boutique scarf area. Yeah. But... Whether she's given up the shiatsu massage or yeah. the shitsu massage. <laughs> Let's not <laughs> go back on that one but I will return yeah. and find out what Lou has been up to and we will report back next time. Good. Yeah. You're listening to World Enough and Time, a classic Doctor Who podcast. For the listeners, we're both opening a can of Hazy. Yes, we are. Which I've never had anywhere else in the world, which is just a, a sort of like a cloudy beer, which tastes so good. They just haven't put anything in it to clarify it yeah. and make it yeah, more chemically. So good. And we're opening our hazies. Just as we're about to embark on a quiz! Oh my goodness! It's a quiz! So are we joining together in the quiz? That's quite hard, isn't it? No, no, we can. We can. We can. We can just do the answers at the end. Yes, I do. Oh, that's evil. Look at that one. Identify the Doctor Who story from the number of letters in each word of its title. Oh, that'd be fun. That's we awful. should try it. That'd be funny. We can try it. But it's going to be... Oh, okay. We can do 63 to 89. Yeah. Yes, let's do it. Oh my god. Let's try it. Come on. Let's right. see. This, this is for you at home as well. Join in. Yeah. I feel like. Okay, I'm just getting my pen and paper out. We're this gonna looks need like it. it's going to need some involvement. Right, so the first one is nine letters. Are there any clues? No, nothing. This isn't going to work, is it? Yeah, I reckon. Could that be. Legopolis? Yeah, there's Legopolis, but there's Castrovolva. Is that not nine? That's for ten. Oh, is it? Okay. Um, what's Logopolis, is it? Logopol. Oh, no, you're right. Are you? Yeah. Yeah, Logopolis. Yeah. In with that one. Okay, seven letters. I'm just thinking, could that be Frontios? No, that's eight. Oh, is okay. It? Oh, God, this is quite awful. This is um, hard. Okay. So it's not Frontios. It's a really short title. So what the frig would that be? Because that's eight. Is eight one of them? No. No. And one of them is six. The third one's six. Mm. So the second question is seven letters and the third question is six letters if you want to play along at home. I wonder, like, would they include thes? They probably would, wouldn't they? Yeah, so they So like would. the savages. No? Okay, so it yeah. has to be... It has to be a Peter Davison one, I think. Okay. Or, Give yes. me some. Enlightenment. That sounds quite long to me. Yes, that's very long. Um, um, the Awakening and... Oh, this is painful. Oh, um, mind warp. That's got to be one. That's that's eight. Oh, that's eight again. Terminus. That's another eight. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. Terminus is eight. eight. There's so many eights. Um, so it must be unusual in its sevenness. Snake dance is ten. Yeah, 
was not. A... <laughs> what about Kinder? That is five. five. <laughs> right, we can park Earth that shock. one. Ten. Ten. <laughs> <laughs> Let's mark it. Okay, so we've got the six-letter one, which I don't think we're getting any better with. Jesus. But then we can go. Oh, to... oh, wait. This is sixty-three to eighty-nine. This isn't. Oh, this isn't new. Who? No, this is only old. How about three-three? That sounds hard. Survival. What? Okay, we're back on. <laughs> That's still not six or seven. Is it? That's really short. Yeah. Okay, like a three and a three. For this next one. A three and a three. Yeah. But, but it's like pig pen. Pig pen. <laughs> Do you know the Doctor Who story called pig pen? <laughs> yeah. That's really good. Oh, um, this is, this, uh, how many come up with a Doctor Who story just out of nothing in your head? The, the, the Christmas. <laughs> the den. <laughs> the sun. I wonder whether or not when they used when they were just called by their episode titles, I hope they've not used oh, any of those. That would be so evil. Yeah, maybe not, though. Okay. This is really hurting my brain. Should, Should we, we abandon <laughs> Well, let's find out what they well, were. Let's do the, yeah, okay, let's just do the five. There's a five-five. Okay. What could the five-five We'll five leave be? this in, though, for people to try and get five-five. Is that Earth Shock? But that's... No, Time Flight. No, that's... No, that's four... Four six. Yeah, I know. I was like four something. <laughs> um, what? That was snake dance. Snake, snake dance. One? That's all one one oh, word. Or one 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 word. One, 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 one. Question four is three and three. Question five is five and five. Right. So let's just find the frickin' answers and then go. <sighs> let's do something better. That's and really hard. Legopolis. Woo! Oh my god. <laughs> Number two. Inferno. <laughs> we should have got that one. <laughs> No, we should have got that one. So bad. Oh my god, ghost light. I said ghost light. You did say ghost light. That was all one word. Um, the ark, another one we've oh, done. we should have got that one. Sorry, I'm doing them back up now. And the six was Megloss. So we don't know how you did at home, but we did really badly. Even though we really shouldn't have done, because we have done these all recently. Yeah. We don't have a time-space visualiser with us, because it's back at home, it's in repair. No. No. But we do have a song we'd like to play in, do we not? Yeah, do we? So Alex was trying to distract my attention earlier by singing a song. What was it that you sang? Hi, 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 hi cockalorum. I don't know anything else. <laughs> but it's okay because we can play it in. Hi, 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 cockalorum. Equivalent of our time space vision, yeah. and I'm sure I think you'll everyone agree. loves it. It's an improvement. Yeah, absolutely. I think we're going to be requested to do more of those. Get rid of that time space visualizer for good, you wonderful singers, you. <laughs> but hark! Mm. It doth be time. Oh God, thank God! You need to never say hark again. As soon as you say it's hark, <laughs> it like, fuck. There's a fucking crow. All right, new word. Um, yes. Yes. Yay. It's time for our story du jour. Yes. And this time, 
this month, in fact, uh-huh. in this joyful month of February, where well, we're probably I'm probably freezing at home now listening to this because mm. I can't afford heating. I won't be. No, I know. Evil, hurtful child. We will be talking about Frontios. Frontios. Woo! Am I saying it right? Frontios. It feels like one of those words I would say wrong. I know what you mean, but I think we're saying it right. Okay, because I always struggle with frontier in space, and I will say frontier. Yes. And yeah. that should be frontier. Yeah, and generally I've got most of my pronunciation of Doctor Who from you, <laughs> so I kind of perpetuate them. Yes, but no, it is frontios because I think Leslie Dunlop or something says it quite early on in a very oh. kind of clear way. She would, wouldn't she? She would. Yeah. She's very clear with her pronunciation. Food's rationed on Frontiers. That's why the colony ship's guarded. So, would you like me to give you some background on Frontiers before the synopsis? Could you? 1984, I was 12, you were... Six. Aww. I know. Mm. Um, This was the third story in the 21st season. And we were still kind of riding high from the the Five Doctors anniversary special. Mm Mm-hmm. But we're getting into the 21st season and thinking, this is not as good as it should be, really. Were we? Or were you? I was well, I just probably thinking, oh, ribbons. Because, <laughs> exactly. Because we'd had Warriors of the Deep, not the best. Oh, yes. Then we'd had The Awakening, which was good, but it too was. short. Yes. Then we have this one. Yes. Which leads also then on to Resurrection of the Daleks, which I've never been a fan of. Okay. So, variable, mm. I would say. Written by Christopher H. Bidmead, his first story since... Legopolis and Castrovalva. Is Christopher H. Bidmead the one? No, that's Sayward, isn't it? The one who just doesn't Script like... Script editor. Yeah, yes. yeah, sorry, yeah. Directed by Ron Jones, mm. who would later do Vengeance of Varos, and I think he'd done Arc of Infinity already. Um, yes, your relationship with Frontios, please. Mm. Well, it is one that, and I feel like I have to kind of go through the stages, I, obviously I was six when it was first out, so I do know that I had remembered watching it so when we got to like the release of Frontios or whenever I then saw it later on I, I remember being excited I remember thinking I know about this one oh, I really? remember seeing the tractators so <sighs> yeah I remember being really excited for the release of this because oh. it, it was one of my early memories because Gosh. the tractators were really memorable for me mm. like they really stuck in my brain yeah um, so yeah I I don't remember it now, but I remember remembering it, if that makes that sense. That does make sense. So, um, yeah, no, it's it was important for me, and there definitely was kind of nostalgic feeling throughout watching it, because it just kind of, it was definitely my era of who. It was my awakening into becoming a human being that starts to remember things, and just kind of all the little bits, like the, you know, outfits and kind of little bits of Baco foil like they all kind of struck a chord that just kind of was like oh yes this this is what I remember this feels right and cosy for me so my first memory of this was the my my beloved 20th anniversary special Radio Times special which had all the TARDIS on the front oh yeah yeah I remember Um, inside it previewed the 21st season because that came out at the same time as the Five Doctors and there was just like a line for each story saying what it was going to be and for Frontios it said in which the Doctor realises that his TARDIS is not always his castle. The hell? And I was like, well, I don't know what this means. It must be some sort of literary illusion. And it was basically that you know, an Englishman's home is his castle. Yeah. But it was taking it further and saying an Englishman's home is sometimes not his castle, but even further the illusion because it was like the, 
a Time Lord's home is not always his castle. So it's saying that it's not always that, but also that's changed home to TARDIS. And I'm, like, <laughs> I'm so confused. I love the, the process that your little brain put together. I know, to at 12, it was a lot. Yeah. Okay. And, and it was probably someone who barely watched it. Who's <laughs> just like, fuck it, wasn't that right? <laughs> but the point was, it was, it was heavily previewed that the TARDIS might be destroyed. Oh, was that a big deal? That was meant to be a big deal. And maybe, I think John Nathan Turner was interviewed and said, maybe the TARDIS will just be a hat stand from now on and all that sort of stuff, mm. evil stuff. Yeah. But he was, he was hungry for promo, wasn't he, always? Yes, that, that's quite... Yeah, that need for PR is a little bit unnecessary because it can really kind of shift the bedrock with which you feel comfortable on. You need to be careful about what kind of things you throw out there. Yeah, and although like the, the critique of um, of Chris Chibnall's who is that he hasn't promoted enough. Yeah, and I think that's how it should be. Oh, do you? Yeah. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah, I like a shock. Well, I do too, but I also like the Russell T, like really promo stuff in a way that's exciting. No? Um, no, but that's not, it's just not my thing, just mm. because... PR just feels oh. so hollow. Well, it's funny because it's your world. Exactly. And I just know how much bullshit it is. And right. so it just, it is, you are deliberately trying to send someone down a blind alley with their thinking, but by not lying, but by telling something that kind of represents something uh-huh. incorrectly in some way. So, yeah, I, I really dislike PR and I'm just quite happy to watch something without any prior knowledge. Hmm. What I would like to ask you now, is to close your eyes. <laughs> I'm there, yeah. Right. So you've got Frontios in your head. Yes. Now I want you to imagine it with a lavish budget uh-huh. on location. Okay. So the planet under bombardment's on location. Mm-hmm. You've got the Dr. Tegan and Turlo sat under the whatever it was while the bombardment's happening. Yeah. You've got people being drawn underground in actual on location. Mm. You've got the tunnels on location, real tunnels. Say it's Wookiee Hole or somewhere like that. Yeah. Isn't that much better a story? Oh, you see, I don't know. <laughs> like, I really... I, I mean, I'm... And you can open your eyes. Yeah, I'm struggling. There's something about Studio Who that does yeah. have a special place for me. Like, I do like their ability to kind of just really pull something out of nothing. And yeah. it is it is kind of cheesy. But I, I really liked it. To me, it was quintessentially Who. Oh, really? Yeah, I, it wasn't... Um, yeah, I, I don't need location for everything. Like, no. it's nice when you get it. But, um, yeah, no, I, that, that to me is what Who's all about, is is the shoestring bit. And I think they they really use that. They, just look, they must have got a lot of their stuff from Blake 7. I felt like there was a oh, lot Oh, the Federation helmets. Yeah, the Federation helmets. A bit, a bit obvious. I've never noticed that before. Yeah. But also, I, I mean, I suppose, because that series had Planet of Fire, which is virtually all on location, mm. I felt like... I would have much rather seen a bleak Frontios than Planet of Fire in Lanzarote, in a way. Planet of Fire didn't need to be no, on location. No, exactly, that's all. what I felt. Yeah. No, that, so, that whole thing just felt like someone was like, you know what we could do? We, we could just holiday. absolutely frig this and get yes, out of it. Yeah. exactly. It's total jolly. Mm. Um, anyway, that's not important. What is important is for those people who don't know Frontios, you will shortly know it very well. Yeah, you will. Intimate knowledge. of a synopsis from my dear podcast host, Alex Harper. Right. So, we first see, and we know that I start slow, and then we, yes, exactly. we lose the detail I quite was quickly. I was a bit nervous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's scene by scene. Right, we arrive with 
some people in a mine shaft, not quite sure what they're doing or why, um, but a, there's a bit of a, a rock fall and a guy is um, killed, I think, or no, not killed, he is knocked out. Um, they look round, he's there, look round again, oh my god, he's not there! Um, I actually had to rewind that like three times, I was like, what's going on? <laughs> I couldn't quite work it out, oh, okay, the guy's missing, got it. Um, then our TARDIS friends pop along, um, and they are, something happens, someone picks them up, um, <laughs> and they help with someone who's a bit injured, and they end up basically meeting the, the more scientific side of the very unscientific people who live on Frontios. My sort of people. <laughs> yeah, the, but Frontios, we find out, is the last, um, or one of the late, the last um, Earth, from Earth civilizations. Yeah. Which is quite cosy. Um, and so there is a general feeling that everything is kind of run by the military. Um, again, not entirely sure why it's run by the military and they're quite afraid of science. Quite a nice little angle there. Um, they don't like people to research or look into things. Um, there's not a very clear world built. Um, it is just like some miners and some people shuffling yeah. around saying rhubarb. Yeah. Um, and then... Um, they tell us that they're under attack. Straight away, you're thinking, are oh, you? Yeah. Like, no, <laughs> you really. Um, but the doctor buys it, he's quite happy with it. Um, and we, okay, I'm gonna get there. I am gonna get there. Um, so they help this dude, who's the slightly scientific one. They, he needs some power. They see a blah, 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 blah generator and they are helping him to get this generator going because we all need a bit of light. It would be helpful if we had a bit of light. Oh no, TARDIS is gone. Where did the TARDIS go? Don't know, just gone. It's gone. Got a hat stand though. Um, angry military people don't like them looking for batteries. That's not a good thing to do. Don't look for batteries in my cupboards. <laughs> um, and so they try and arrest people wherever possible. Um, <laughs> And then we've got Plantagenet, who has a very dramatic fall, which doesn't really make sense from nowhere. Turlo almost doesn't doesn't attack him, and then he falls. Um, and then he is in the sick bay, and he then gets sucked down under the ground. Um, and then, before you know it, we're two episodes in. Not really sure what's going on, but people are being sucked down under the ground, and people are a bit scared of learning stuff. Then, out of nowhere, some big creatures pop along and they start pulling people at you. So they've got a gravitational field, clever stuff. Um, and they are instantly terrifying. Everyone is afraid of them. There's no conversation, there's no nothing. The doctor doesn't even say hello. It's just like, oh, you look evil, so therefore you must be. Um, and everyone just tries to run away. Um, but yeah, the tractor is really good at not letting people run away. And they go, come to me. And gets away with a big bowling ball. Odd. <coughs> There's a brilliantly grotesque bit where we find that the um, the tractators are using the humans that are sucked, or one human that has been sucked down there, as um, a form of um, a kind of melded to some machinery to dig tunnels. Is that what they're doing? Which is mm. kind of brilliant. Loved a bit of that. And also, there's a bigger thing of them using them to drive the planet. Uh, some fabulously bad acting from Turlo, remembering that something like this had happened on his planet. Um, but it doesn't really dig into that in a, a useful way. He just kind of has weird moments. Um, 
And we have Leslie Dunlop um, helping the scientific people, being more of a companion probably than a companion, and helping people to defeat the tractators and stop them from being bad hats. Um, and <laughs> so, yeah, they get rid of the tractators' gravitational potatoes or kill them or something. We'll work that out as we go. Um, and the TARDIS was broken up, but then it all comes together because the tractator guy used his, his very magnetic bottom. Um, yeah, did, <laughs> did a bit of a... <laughs> and it all happened. Um, yeah, so we're all fine. Don't panic. TARDIS is back together. John Nathan Turner, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, and we are done. Are we? I think we are. We are. We are. Yes. Got, got Once it we've dropped the Gravis back on another planet on his yeah. own because he's naughty yes. with people. He needs to be separated. Yeah, it's he's weird like that only bully. he had the powers. That yeah. was strange. Yeah. Yeah. So... Do we want to have a bit of a general chit-chat? Or we? do we want to go straight into episode one? I don't mind. Let's go straight into episode one. Mm. So the first thing, I watched this with Ryan, somewhere in New Zealand. Don't remember where we were. Mm -hmm. Probably Dunedin, actually. Okay. The furthest south ever I've been in the world ever, by the way. Yes. You can't get much further south. No, you really can't. It really is the Antarctic next. Yeah. But the first thing that Ryan said when watching it, <laughs> the first scene was, it wasn't so much about it was confusing what was going on, Mr. Mm. Revere disappearing, whatever it was. But, um... He said there would never be this many old people on television anymore. It was kind of middle-aged white men or a little so bit funny. older. It just, just wouldn't happen. He was right. Yeah. It's like wow. Yes, yeah. that's a good point. And I, d I was instantly just drawn by the fact that they were, again they were really comforting grey polyester outfits. Like that, that to me was like, a, oh yeah, period. I've come home. Like this is this is what I'm after. But what I'm really confused about, and which really confused me for a long time, was the the distance between that scene and the the TARDIS team arriving was actually probably some months or weeks. Oh. Because in that time. Plantagenet takes over because his father's disappeared. Right. There's a state funeral that is talked about for the guy who went underground. Uh, you don't see any of that happening. No, you don't it just see the seems like the power. next minute. Yeah. It's just like the next minute. And it's really badly paced, so you don't understand that that's happened. Yes. And I pieced no. that together afterwards. Okay, and I was like, well It's done. not clear that time passes. No, no, it's not. No. Yes. No, I, I, for a long time I didn't realise Revere was the guy under the rubble. Or, or was <laughs> the guy who was those pictures of. No, and I was never thinking, saw that until they said it. If he's the guy there are pictures of, I was thinking, what sort of leader does that make him, that you've got these giant pictures of him? Yes, it's more like a dictatorship, yes. isn't it? But I guess that was kind of the indication that he had the absolute control. He was right. the military leader and their yeah. general guide. Yeah. So, early bit in the TARDIS I loved was when Taylor was gleefully reading out the fate the of the <laughs> It's like it was doomed. Yeah, and the <laughs> and doctor's really kind of like... Don't tell Jake that. Yeah. It's like, what? This is it? The, the, the planet's dead. And yeah. it, was, it was really fun. I have no idea we were so far out. But Runa, that's irony for you. What is? Runa is where one of the last surviving groups of mankind took shelter when the great... Uh... Yes, you know, I suppose you've got all that to look forward to, haven't you? In the great what, Doctor? All civilizations have their ups and downs. Fleeing from the imminence of a catastrophic collision with the sun, a group of refugees from the doomed planet Earth... Yes, that's off. enough, Turlo. You mean some of the last surviving humans are on this planet? Yes. Can we land? Can we visit them? Laws of time. 
Since when has that ever stopped you? Yeah, and I love that coziness of kind of Tegan looking at the scanner screen with the planet on it and it just it I don't know it just felt like oh that's quite cozy that's that's where the rest of earth lives and it just I'm I'm kind of imagining that Vira could have been one of the ones who took them there or like I'm just piecing it into yeah. like the, the Doctor Who history and it just there's a coziness to the cuteness of the planet I thought. Yeah. I got very strong full circle vibes the idea of this crash ship Mm. And th- I was immediately thinking, but did it crash? Has it always been there? That's our usual plot. Exactly. And I was really confused a bit like that because there's lots of older white men talking about what had happened, and I was thinking, is and the that fact reality? that you're not really allowed to talk about those yes. things, and is this true? And yeah. yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, and just the sort of phrases, the research into the bombardment, the desertion rate, and then also we've got. The rats. There was yeah, lots of so language, and there was the um, what was it? People, the people who disappeared. That had a term, didn't it? Oh yeah, the deaths un- unaccountable. Deaths unaccountable. Yes. So yeah, there's lots of sort of. And it was they never phrases. really explained why they were so angry if anyone said that phrase. They were just like, "How do you know? And what? And why are you saying that?" And it's just like, "Wow." I guess it's just, uh, it's kind of a dictatorship or a government that doesn't want to admit you can't the truth. Question because yeah. But yeah, you're yes. cause worry. Oh, I feel like we need to go back to the brilliant polystyrene lifting early on. That was just a classy piece of acting. I really enjoyed that from... It wasn't Turner? No, no, no. It was the man who was like took over from Revere as the kind of leader of the military, but not Plantagenet. <coughs> was it? Curly-haired man. Brazen, played Brazen. by okay. James Gilmore, who was the, the main person from the Aneden line. Now, the Aneden line... Uh-huh. drama in the 70s uh-huh. about a man who ran a shipping line yeah. I've started watching it it's actually quite good but okay. to me when I was a kid in the 70s and this was always on I used to think this is just the most depressing theme music okay. for the, in the evenings it's also on a Sunday I was like this means I'm going to school and I used to get so depressed really? face still makes me feel like Monday morning's just around the corner so I struggled watching him all the way through Frontios just so you know Oh, that's really good to know, yeah. yeah. But yeah, he does some really solid polystyrene lifting. Like, it's really, good like, he does, he makes that happen. Mm-hmm. It's quite cool. I thought that Norna was introduced very strongly. Um, before she, I think one of the first things she says is, well, you want soap and water first, to the doctor. So she's like, you must follow the proper due process here. Okay, yeah, nice. They're light. And she's peak 1984, isn't she? What's she, her hair? Yes. Yeah, she, she is. And then her voice as well. She's time. just, yes. yeah, she's, she's very perfect for that. proper. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love the um, exposition lines. They were like, we remember we lost all our technology when this happened. <laughs> Don't like, you remember? Oh, well done. That wasn't clunky. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I enjoyed Plantagenet's Silly Throne. That really high up one. He, he oh, really yes. showed it once. I was thinking, again, this shows a real weakness um, and a problem with power and authority. Yeah, that have needs to have this, giant to have throne this, that's yeah, this high up. Heralded, and yeah. you don't sit on the throne, do you? Do you sit perched on the throne? I, I don't know much about the throne rooms in reality. Well, I think perhaps for state moments. Yeah, but, but not generally. That, kind of like, oh, yeah, what do we do next? But I guess throne. if your purpose is to show that you are above all then you would use it in yeah. a way that does kind of get people to look up at you. So, now, yeah, maybe. I'm a bit confused about Plantagenet, so maybe you can help me with this. He kind of has slightly Caligula vibes, that he's a bit unhinged and a bit mm. dangerous and too young for the responsibility. Yeah, 100%. But at the same time, 
he turns out to be okay in the end. Yes, it's like he was just stressed when shit was going on. Yeah, but but now it's not it going like, on, I'm like reasonable now. I thought they could have worked that character harder. Yeah, not. he could have actually gone on a bit of a growth journey yeah. and kind of shown like, oh, okay, I was doing things wrong. Me trying to stop people learning was not appropriate. Mm -hmm. But now I realise the error of my ways. But it was more like, oh, we're not under attack now. Ah! Like, it was fine that I was being a complete shit to everyone before and basically yeah. a dictator. And we don't lose the dictatorship necessarily. No. Like, he's just carrying on. Yeah, but it's like, we're fine. in a happy dictatorship. Everyone's yeah. happy here. We love it. But then you've got this... This balance with the dictatorship, which is you've got the rebels mm. who end up being led by that one of the worst actors ever in Doctor Who, Poor who man. played Cockrell, and he well, was. I think we've always got to compare everyone to the guard. Guard in the Armageddon. He was great compared to that. <laughs> but I was quite surprised how bad he was. Yeah. Look, men, this is the beginning of a new frontiers. I never wanted to be a second Plantagenet, but it seems there's no choice. And also, there was lines given to one of the other rebels who wants to kill him before Cockfell came back from the dead, sort of thing. Mm. He was terrible as well. It was like, surely you could have found actors who could act. I think what we've got to remember as well, though, is it, it felt quite Pip and Jane Bakery, the, the script. <laughs> that it, well, obviously, it wasn't at that level, but they used a lot of language that you perhaps expect in a book, but that really was not appropriate to be spoken. So they they made most of those lines really hard to, to say in a realistic way. Mm. They're really, yeah, like that, that exposition line thing. Like it was, it could never have been said in a way that was like, oh yeah, that's a normal conversation I'd have. Like all of the lines were, they felt quite and ram and I am now going to tell you an important piece of information. Yeah, that's an externalist piece. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, I, I could, wrote down yeah. a Shakespearean dialogue yeah. at one point. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, one thing that, that Ryan observed, which I thought was really true, was like the sets were like from the Crystal Maze. Okay. The way they were put together, they sort of like felt like like diff going into different zones, like the the industrial zone and stuff like that from the Crystal Maze. Which oh, I think it's oh, okay, picking yeah. up on the sort of set feel of it. Yeah. It's kind of like in a studio probably more than anything else. I did find it really strange that the ground everywhere was just like soil like you'd be in a bedroom it's like yeah we just have soil on the floor yes. here like that was like surely at some point everyone was like I just fancy a bit of carpet I you think know? they're just trying to get away from the studio floor aren't they but yeah but it was well no hard. they had to have something that you yeah. could suck someone down under of course so, was like, yes having soil inside doesn't make sense does yeah. it oh you're right it was like, if we had just had some concrete there the whole so thing would have been dealt with that was just purely plot purposes having yeah. soil just in the medical all, bay yeah but everywhere that doesn't make sense does yeah. it oh yeah that's right but then maybe the it, in my head like there was a whole subplot where they tried to put roads down, but like they all got sucked under. So oh fuck it, we can't do it. But well, what I loved ultimately was the fact that the thing that was sucking them down was the tractator's ten and oh really? Yeah, really? Is that cute? Actually, doing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really cute. Yeah. You saw them in the garden having a little fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, doctor, can you enlighten us as to the reason for these bombardments? In time, if you let me investigate. If, on the other hand, you're going to kill me, you'd better get on with it. Kill him. No! This wasn't what I had in mind at all. What was that? Oh, just residual energy from the TARDIS. Thing that brings down the bombardment. What did you think about 
the episode ending, the TARDIS was destroyed, apparently, and the hat stand suddenly became really important. Um, and they were scared of it. Was that silly or was that fun? It's not fun. No, Turlo no. wielding a hat stand is never fun. No. Um, it felt cheesy, it felt silly, mm. and it just... Uh, yeah, I mean, Turlo's just so dislikable no matter what that you just like, yeah, do something dislikable because you're just contributing to my hatred of you. Yeah. So, like, it, it didn't it didn't annoy me too much because it's just standard annoying Turlo, but, like, obviously he was directed to do that. Um, How do you feel about Turlo now he's not trying to kill a doctor all the time? Still does he hate work? him. He doesn't work, does he? No, he's got a real Adric vibe to him, more than I'd realised. Oh. Like, he's just trying to piss people off. He's just actually kind of after a fight a lot of the time, and he's just, he's not trying to be... Likeable. It's just bizarre. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I've still got more. Oh, yes, one so thing I that I, um, one thing that I kind of thought was like a missed opportunity is the fact that these are the like the last civilization, right? Really from Earth, and everyone has like really standard nineteen eighties names. It's like Mister Plantagenet, Mister Rivers, and it's just like this would have been a perfect opportunity to kind of use a bit of the. Sharky Jarky Jargo kind yes, of thing. And like different sorts of names. Yeah, yeah, and like with obviously Hunger Games, which I'm loving at the moment, and just kind of the fact that all of those names kind of morphed ever so slightly, just to me just shows that there has been a passage of time and that things well, would change. I think like Ark in Space shows that people have returned to names that were more like yeah. uh, like Vira and Noah. But they were given well, he was given Noah, I oh, guess. Was he? Um, like Rogan and Lysit and oh, Libri yeah, and, yeah I suppose yeah so they were different and that seemed Let's more listen to you listing off I know no, Rogan no, Lysit I can only think of Lysit <laughs> we haven't done Ark in Space yet we must love it. it yeah so yeah no I, I just thought I mean like obviously I can't force it but it just another thing that would have lent to the authenticity of the whole absolutely. thing absolutely um, yeah Federation Helmet oh yeah I, d- I liked a lot of the Tegan action like I liked her showing that you can do anything in heels and a Yes, she had like, to do that was, a lot. Yeah. What did you think of that whole acid jar subplot? It seemed to be so important and went on for a long time yeah. when they were trying to get the the light. And I, I was really imagining the person who had sat for ages around the kitchen table, like making that little silver basket for it as well. Like they'd really made an effort with but that. But I was thinking, and why is there so much focus on this? And it was so And it's important. because that generator was important later on. No, I think it was just to get them busy doing something and right. to get them in trouble. It was more just to get them separated. Yeah, it was like let's get them into some action, but it was completely it unimportant. Went on for a long time. And you couldn't work out whether or not Tullo would deliberately knock that guard out with the thing, yeah. or whether it was an accident. But then I suppose that was all to show that the hook, which they used to pull it up, it was like Chekhov's hook because the hook later on was the thing that showed how you could get underground. Oh, so that was oh, the purpose, I, that I guess. Okay. But yeah. it just felt quite laboured to me. Yeah, definitely. And that line, like at the end of the the episode, where the, the doctor just kind of turns around and says, "The TARDIS has been destroyed," and you're like, "Oh my god!" Just fucking how lacklustre was that performance? The TARDIS has been destroyed. Like, that was so <laughs> really like that was funny. his opportunity. Like it was this was the moment that obviously JNT had been really pushing. It was like monumental, and he just said it without any kind of feeling like it, I felt like he did it deliberately like he was trying to be kind well, I think of by monotone. this point Peter Davison had checked out because he decided he wasn't going to stay right because it was during rehearsals for Frontios that Colin Baker was announced as the next doctor mm. so he decided yeah I'm not doing this anymore it's not because the season 20 famously he didn't enjoy doing the, right the, you know Ark of Infinity Snake Dance more than okay. 
Um, but he thought there was signs in series his third series of some good stuff. Mm. But I find that hard to believe when you've got Warriors of the Deep. Yeah. And you've got Resurrection of the Planet. I guess I'm always a bit cautious when any of the actors say, oh yeah, we really... We were enjoying doing a bit of this because you're just always thinking about Elizabeth Sladen loving playing around in a fucking neon forest, but it's actually just rubbish. Like they were just enjoying their part in it and not yeah. really getting the story and yeah. how that matters. So, yeah, their judgment of whether a story is good is a different issue, isn't it? I think. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Are we into episode two? Yes, I will join you there now. I like the fact that um, when they were talking about killing the doctor and the doctor's been sarcastic and he says, well, that's a finely tuned response to the situation. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, that, that was, was really quite nice, dialogue. actually. Yeah. Like yes, better than his bloody chicken bolivon comment, which just oh, really upset yes. me. It was yeah. like, it was like, what do you say? The TARDIS is about as effective as a chicken bolivon when it yes. comes to armament. It's like, actually, no, it's really effective. No, it was really you can do weird. loads with I mean, the TARDIS. Why would you say chicken bolivon? I know. It was, it was such yeah. bad dialogue. Yeah. So actually, the dialogue was shit! thank you Um, (laughs) what I didn't like and I don't know whether you noticed this when Plantagenet was ill and he was on his bed no not Plantagenet someone else was ill in a bed and Tegan went over and they endlessly fondled her leg oh really for a long time and it was very leg fondly yeah and she was the one who had to stay with him as well like that felt really like oh yeah let's put her in that role why don't you ask the fucking turlo didn't like it no didn't like it Um, did you like the (laughs) bit This is just my favourite bit, and I don't know how far it is. Just that that bit part actress who just out of nowhere goes, Mister Rage. Yes. <laughs> I was like, like what? Like, <laughs> it was like, where did you come from? And why are you being so insane? It was so strange. There were a few moments where it was like, there aren't enough women in this story. We're not prepared yeah. to give them fully rounded characters, no, but, but we'll, we'll just give let them, them have a few lines. <laughs> At line, exactly. At line, Mister Rage. I did love Tegan going rabbits when she couldn't work something out. To try oh, and get I didn't hear that. Rabbits. Oh, and well, she and does, I think that came back in the yeah, power of the doctor. Oh, like I love that. Yeah. Now then, mm-hmm. the earth was hungry, the hungry earth. So this whole idea was stolen completely for the story of the hungry earth. What happens in the hungry earth? That's the first one where the Silurians come back in New Who. Oh, okay. in Wales. Yeah, and I they keep that. dragging people underground. Do it's they? exactly the same oh, story. Oh, goodness. I was thinking that's a bit plagiaristic. Gosh, so good that that came up earlier. And yes. Yes, God. Actually, All of the links. This would have been a better title, The Hungry Earth. Call it The Hungry Earth, not Frontios. Yeah. Frontios, Frontios is just a bad name. It gave me no indication. How do you feel about Megalos, Castrovalva, Castrovalva even, Legopolis... All these names, Frontiers, at the time, I hated them. Oh. Furious about them at the time. To me, I quite like them because they they speak of another... Uh, they speak of the, a, a, a planet out there that I know nothing about that kind mm-hmm. of it widens the universe mm-hmm. for me. So I'm not against them. Obviously, Legopolis is... One I love. All of them, to me, mean something and they're just kind of a kind of shorthand for I get... I get classic who like to me I like them yeah they're probably not very indicative of what happened in the story but I find I prefer those to something like the hungry earth actually okay yeah because that's then... interesting because mm. I kind of at the time I just wanted to be th- things to be called things like terror of the Zygons yeah yeah I get you it know, or you knew what you were the getting androids of Tara I, yeah. I like them to say what they were the stones of blood yeah they're all episode titles like story titles I love even yep. like Terror of the Vervoids, I like that as a title, even yeah. though it's like shit, really. It is shit, but they were, yeah, I know what you mean. They kind of. It's like, you know what you're getting? Yeah. Planet of the Daleks. Yes! It's yes. The whole planet of Daleks. 
Anyway, yeah. that's not really important. But... No, but uh, yeah, it, it, it's, it's an important no. point. Now then. Yeah. We have to talk about the tractators. Oh, no, we're nowhere near the tractators. We are. All right, you tell us what we're doing. Okay. I want to talk about a keyboard-controlled filing cabinet. Love a bit of that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, that is just like, that is where technology is going to go. Like, we've got that's to the end so of the year. That's so funny, isn't it? Because, like, when I was at the business school, I had a filing cabinet for the first year I was there. Yeah. Or two years. And I was there for seven years. And I think by year three, I was like, I don't need the filing cabinet anymore. It was like 2009, 10. I was like, I, you don't need a filing no, cabinet. I've got a filing cabinet. I stick bags in it. Yeah. <laughs> but isn't it, that is funny though, the idea that you would yeah, put in that That's what we need in the future. Cabinet. Yeah. And it was just. It's hilarious. Yeah. And she's like trying to break in. No, it's, it's, it's good. Yeah. Um, I like the fact that. Um, that Captain Revere made that law. I was trying to work out, was that because he had worked something out? Because uh, in my head, again, I was trying to add more plot than there probably was. I thought Revere had probably like met the tractators, realised that they were there and he'd come to some kind of agreement that they weren't mm-hmm. going to um, do any research because that would, and, like there was some kind of complicity. Oh, I see. It but would be better wasn't. if there was something. Yeah, there. but like, no, it was just some like, oh, don't do something. research. No, let's close up the research room and let's just make a law that you're not allowed to So was that question. just literally that they were just scared Afraid of, of knowledge? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that that was all. It didn't really explain that enough. There wasn't like a an explanation for the fear of finding out new things and hiding hiding important facts. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I was just laughing. I was just remembering Ryan's first reaction to the tractators. Are we not there yet? No, we're still fucking getting there. Okay, I'd like to point out that Turlo is about as good as my girls at helping out. I like (laughs) Leslie Dunlop was like, "Are you done like pretending to fucking help me now?" And it was quite nice. And I was like, just like like Marnie and Cassie when I asked them to chop some fucking vegetables, (laughs) they're just there like, "Mm, I'll just kind of wander around in the corner and just pretend I'm touching things. like Anna doing the washing up. Better, they never get wet. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, oh yeah, and I did. Um, I loved the bit where um, what's he called? Was was it Range? Yeah, it was Range the scientific dude. Yeah. Um, and and he's like, oh, you could never talk about the deaths accountable and unaccountable. And she's like, okay, I definitely won't talk about that. <laughs> and then next next minute, she's just Sorry. like, oh, <laughs> is that like the deaths unaccountable? Sorry, <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. Talking about deaths unaccountable and Mr. Yeah. Range, oh, that was a good segue, but also quite a dark one. Mm. The original actor who was going to play Mr. Range was murdered before filming began. No. Death unaccountable. Oh His body God. was found in the Thames. Um, it's an actor called Peter Arne who was in one of the last episodes of Secret Army. Really good actor. Shit. Gay actor. And the, I don't know whether it's the dialogue, the sort of the narrative is something to do with, oh, he was gay, so he was murdered. It used, I think in the 80s, it was more like, oh, he was a gay man, so it was like, almost okay that he was murdered. Well, like a prostitute being murdered. It's yes, like, kind of you were that sort of feel. It. Yeah. And another man killed him and then killed himself. Wow. Or was it, no, no, it was the, the, the guy, no, the guy who was found in the Thames was the guy who he had connection with, was how it was put in the papers. Right. Thing. But Peter Arm was found dead in his house I think wow but um yeah That's so awful. they had to recast quickly wow he didn't he wasn't bad no he no. did a good job yeah um but. I love the bit where <laughs> where um Plantagenet is sinking and then um, 
Tegan's holding on to him and she's <laughs> and she's just like, Oh, I just need to go off and do something. <laughs> it was really funny. Really? Yeah, she's like, Oh, hang on a moment. He runs off she runs off and then he gets sucked under. It's just like clearly at that moment you can see he's sinking. Perhaps that's not when you want to leave. It was just so bizarre. special effect on people at the last moment where they were being dragged under because it was literally just a practical thing that they just literally went underground yes it, we didn't, they didn't need to materialise and dematerialise and they also sort of like had there was no holes and it would make more sense just to be like a, a hole, hole and you could look down yeah. and you'd see the tractator going yay I've got <laughs> <one."> <laughs> come on <laughs> it was kind of interesting that they chose not to do that so they couldn't have that option yeah it might have just been the logistics of filming that would have been impossible but was it that the tractator's actually did some sort of matter transmission thing as that was never down. said but that's no. what it looked like but yeah, yeah they, they did just say it, it was all they had was gravity on yeah. their side um so are we up to the tractator no we're so not no. i've got that i've got like another page yet you have not i have You've got um, a few lines <laughs> a few lines um Oh, I just, I, I just got some knowledge myself. Uh, don't show that crass behaviour. I actually never knew what crass meant. Did you not? No. To me, crass... That was one of Dad's favourite words. Yes. But I, don't think I, I think because he used to say it a lot, in You're my so head, crass. I'd never quite understood what it was. I think, yeah. It's stupid, isn't it? Well, it's not quite stupid. It's more like the insensitivity of, mm. of it. It's more like the... Which is ironic, of, considering the, most, the crass least person least I know, least most crass person I know is father. Yeah, I know. <laughs> How weird. <laughs> yeah, get a bit of feisty Tegan, love a bit of that. Oh, <laughs> no, I was just enjoying the looting. Oh, <laughs> yeah, the looting. I wrote down yeah. the, the, looting. The, the looting was kind of very quick. It came from and it nowhere. It was like the fall of society was like so instant. It's like they're looting already. Yeah, yeah. And it's like. What? Yeah, it was like so. Why that was a be? slightly fragile society right there. Yeah, that it immediately. Yeah, but that whole society really didn't stand up when you kind didn't of looked at it. it. It was just yeah. It's one of those many Doctor Who societies where you feel there's not enough work done. Yeah, they hadn't kind of there was no societal systems that you were aware there's of. No children. No, all women. Well, well, there was a few women who just shouted occasionally. Yeah. Mister Rain, yeah. who are you? Yes. Don't know. I don't know. I haven't been given any character. <laughs> no, I don't know. No, who I've I got I am. nothing more. <laughs> Um, okay, yeah, so, yeah, mm. they start, to, yeah, they said tractators, but I hadn't met any oh, yet. Jesus Christ, uh, <laughs> you're so detailed today, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, and I, yeah, before we actually meet the tractators, I really want to talk about this, is that, um, Turlo does his very best ransom. Like, honestly, I have never seen... The gibbering. Yes! Doing the, like... Yeah. And it was just so funny. And I was just like, oh, we just need to give him a cup of tea and put him in a tent. And it's just like, fine. he's absolutely put him ransom the through and through. But, like, that was one of my favourite... But favourite because it's awful. Awful, uh, yeah. Scenes from um, Spearhead. Just So to see him do that, I, I really enjoyed. Um, but then later on... Um, 
he does manage to to cough up enough phlegm so he's actually dribbling at the same time so he doesn't mm. need the tea. It's, honestly, it's awful. Yeah. He's just like, he really starts dribbling and doing everything. Yeah. And yeah, it was just the full ransom experience. So I enjoyed that greatly. Right, so now we can move on to episode three. But I was, even though I knew it was about... Well, end of episode two is the tractators. Yes. And what Ryan said on seeing them was, oh no, he said in a really deadpan voice, oh no, not the space snails. I wonder why we haven't seen them in New Who. <laughs> Wow. Now then, let's talk about the Tractators. Christopher H. Bidmead was inspired by seeing woodlice. Yeah, they're very woodlice. In a previous residence he'd lived in. Right. Um, we have them occasionally on our kitchen ta- mm. on our kitchen work surface. They come in at the Hawthorns. Mm. Problematic. We have something in this country that I've never seen in the UK, but <laughs> you see more of them over here. Mm. But do um, you know that they call lots of different names in different regions oh. in the UK? They're also known as wood pigs. Oh! Which I like. Wood pig. We have something called slaters. Have you heard of a slater? No. Slater's bug. So, yeah, it is a version of a woodlouse. Oh, it is? Yeah. But we have loads of these over here, and they're really kind of Oh, gross. how interesting. Yeah. But, yeah, that's what you Not see. Not their first the appearance in a Doctor Who. You know those venom grubs in the web planet? They go along. They're just little awesome oh. ones. They're very like them as well. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And also, like my Gregor the Overlander... Crawlers, which I really enjoy greatly. Yeah. How do you feel about the tractors? I like them because they. I have my. They're just too nostalgic for me. Right. Because they are. They're such. Um, they're so different. They're not a man in like a greenish kind of suit. There's no kind of like humanoid face. Uh, they've really tried to come up with something that is based on some kind of insecty life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, obviously the the final thing you can see like a kind of skirtiness to it, but I mean that's just the reality of low budgets. I like them. I think they have a very weird face. Their their little teethy kind of flappy bits are quite distracting. Um, so they could have done those better. But I like the kind of the plasticized balls on their back and the yeah. kind of yeah there's something about them that I really enjoy so I kind of I think I quite liked them at the time but now I was utterly distracted by them I felt they really took away from the story right and I wanted them to be so much better than they were mm. and even though I shouldn't have been surprised I think it's the fact that their mouths didn't really move the mouths were an issue they really should have done something and there. I just felt that they were so unwieldy. The moment that made me laugh so much is when there's that explosion because Tegan throws the thingy, the light into the middle, mm. and they go, Meah! Yeah! They go like that with their little T-Rex hands. They do definitely kind of wiggle. That was such a wiggle. funny moment. Yeah, the wiggling I thought that was hilarious. I was like, right. well, I can't take these, these monsters seriously now. I'm yeah. sorry. As much as I'm a massive Doctor Who fan, yeah. I really struggled with them as they monsters. They definitely, they didn't menace. And I think the fact that it was quite a, a lacking that the Gravis was the only one that actually was bad. The rest were just kind of misled or something. Like, we, they don't say what happened to them, do they? Like, afterwards, they're just like, oh, we're fine now. We're not led by a guy with a gravitational field. I yeah. don't understand why he was the only one who had it. Yeah, um, is he related to them? Is he a different sort of creature? Yeah, because he looks just like them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. could have been explained an awful lot more. But yeah, they weren't... They weren't clear. But the thing that got me was just from the moment the doctor sees them, he's just like, ah, I'm hiding from them. They look terrifying. Whereas in every other Doctor Who situation, yeah. he will stride up to yeah, someone and say, hey, Hello. I'm the doctor. Yeah. How, How are you doing? And he's not going to assume anything. And not evil. assume anything. Yes. Yeah, he's just going to think, okay, right. well, I've got to go into this with an open mind. But he doesn't. He's like, I'm fucking hiding from you guys. And he's just terrified straight away. And I'm like, for the first 
kind of first half of the episode three, I was like, "Are we going to find out they're quite nice?" Because it was just that assumed so much. Yeah, it was just like, "Oh, they must be scary because they look awful," kind of yeah. thing, which was just such a, an, an unnecessary bigoted approach. Yeah, they were there, waiting, destroying us from inside. Sounds like something coming up from his past, like a memory picture. Walt, long ago, on my home. You remember them? We remember them. The people of my planet will never forget. It's more than his past. It sounds like deep ancestral memory. Tractators! Once, long ago, my home was an infection. There was that bit when Turner started to talk about like whether it was a race memory or his own memory. I couldn't quite work it out. But um, at one point he says, like a mem- and Norna says, like a memory picture, oh. and and we've been saying that to each other ever since we watched it a few days ago. Yeah, Ryan keeps saying to me, "Is that like a memory picture <laughs> you're having? It's like, or is it just a memory? <laughs> you don't need the word picture no, on that. Such an unnecessary like a memory picture. They do really. Well, there's something else that they talk about that. Oh, every yeah, I was really wound and up I think by that memory. Taylor picture. was just so over the top. My home was an infection. <laughs> a deep ancestored memory picture. It's <laughs> like, what? It's, you know, it's like, usually this happens when someone has a deep ancestor. Oh yeah, we're always having this happen every day. When someone has a deep ancestored memory picture, this is yeah. how it always turns out. And I think they just overemphasise the different sort of illusions of the hungry earth. And at one point, Turlo declaims, they are the appetite beneath the ground. Oh, and I was so like, and I wrote, yeah, we get it. Yeah. Awful. Yeah. Stop it. But he, yeah, his fear is just, it's all over the top. There's nothing really strong. He never really explains what has happened to him. There's no, there's never like, oh, actually, now I've come out of my deep ancestored memory picture. I can now talk to you. It was like, oh, so what happened was they came to my planet. It was really awful. Yeah. One of my favourite clumsy bits is when the Doctor and Tegan, Tegan, by the way, growth, so brave in this. Same growth, really the same brave as in Power of the Doctor, like getting involved, going yeah. to try and find the Doctor. Way better than Turlo in all yes. of this, yeah. And when she's on the gravitational pull with the Doctor, and almost like on the theme park ride, when they're being dragged along, mm. and first of all, she tries to walk along in her heels really quickly, which is really funny, and then you, the next time you see them, they're on their bums, and I wrote down, lots of, there must be lots of gravel in Tegan's neck. <laughs> because <laughs> it was really Yes. So short. She must have had so much gravel up there. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Soil. No. Yeah. When yeah, that set was not right for a pleather mini. It no. was yeah. It was. I was thinking it all must be complete. We never saw any marks on their bums, but honestly, yeah. they were dragged along for some distance yeah. on their bums. <laughs> That's not nice. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Hold on. No. Better get out of here. <coughs> but then, yeah, we come to that woman who were like, who the F are you? And like, she's just suddenly got some power and you're like, so how do you fit in this society? Who are you? Why are you getting angry at people? No, she just, she didn't fit in that kind of very posh woman who just started. Oh, the deputy. Yeah, like, who I wrote she? down, who is the deputy? Yeah, who, deputy of who, what? Who is she? And who why? is she, as Nicky Graham said on Big Brother? Who is she? <laughs> who is she? <laughs> You lot have made a damn well good decision. I hope you're pleased with yourselves. Let me out. Can you let me out? I'm too angry to talk. I want to smash someone's head in. 
she? Who is she? Who is she? Where did you find her? Why would you cast someone just for this one episode? But for no in a senior role, but then she's not really referred to. No, she's not before or after. She is ignored, and that was the thing that I I really picked up on is the fact that then she's talking about some important shit apparently, and then Turlo starts talking like an absolute drunkard, like an absolute (laughs) idiot, going blah blah blah. This is this is my experience, but in a mad way, but. Because a man is talking like a drunkard, we completely ignore the woman who obviously has some authority in this situation and is actually trying to get some kind of order. And it's like, well, no, let's listen to the drunkard man because he would be someone way more important to listen to. Pissed me off. Yes. The doctor's friend told me what she saw in the medical shelter. Frontios buries its own dead. That's what they say, isn't it? So runs the myth. She saw that myth. She saw Plantagenet being eaten by the earth. Eaten by the earth? He has some contribution to offer? They live in the ground below, pulling us to them in our times of weakness. Please, we have work. Dead or alive, their forces dug at our bodies. I just looked up who Alison Skilbeck was, who played the deputy. Mm-hmm. And she plays James Brolin's girlfriend, Helen, former girlfriend, in The Biodivic Affair, and that's where oh, I know her from. Oh, yes. Yes. Yes, I've seen that. Yes. Nice. But it still doesn't explain why she's only in it for one episode. It's just and, so yeah, weirdly. who she is, what she does, what no, anything. Don't get yeah, it. Don't get completely. it. Completely. Um, Tokenism. Yes, completely. Um, I don't know if you're here, but that bit where um, Turlo kind of is like, right, I think I need to... Um, toss a coin or something like that and it was just so bizarre he kind of oh yeah uh, where it was both the same coin yeah and it was like so he comes up with a plan that he needs to let fate decide mm-hmm. but I think it's like Leslie Dunlop doesn't give a shit she's like oh please but she's not like saying don't go or anything she's just like passively there doing her own shit and he's like right well I need to let fate decide and do some stuff um, then he gets a coin and like he comes up with this whole drama and then he tosses it and like she's still completely not interested yeah. and then and then it transpires that like yeah it was a double sided coin and it would have said go either way and then, but he could have just said Oh, I'm actually, go. I'm just going. Why have all that right. drama? It was like, it was really like, look at me, I'm doing a thing. Like, he was really creating something out of nothing. I was like, fucking drama queen, just go with it. Just go and fuck off. It was all to lead up to the fact that Norna could say, no one expects you to go. And he says, no, of course not. They no, of course they don't. I'm Turlo. Yeah. And it was like a big character development moment. No. But because Tegan was already being so brave anyway, yeah, we didn't need Turlo to be brave as well. No, and it wasn't in, it didn't in seem character. That brave. Yeah, it just... he did run back under despite everything. He went back underground, but I didn't quite buy it. What we haven't talked about yet is the music in Frontios. Mm-hmm. So. There's a the bombastic military theme which keeps going through with drums and stuff on endlessly. And I then there's the, the pan pipes. <laughs> and I kind of both of them really wore on me after a while. Okay. But the Paddy Kingsland, who I like, he did the changes. Did you see the changes? The seventies T V series, he did the music for that and I, I bought the LP, I was I enjoyed it so much.
The ending of episode three is the reveal of the Revere head. Yes. So wonderfully grotesque. Yes. It was, it was quite a, a strong scene. Like everything else had been quite kind of feeble and didn't really evoke an emotion. Like mm. Obviously the tractators weren't scary, but yeah. I quite liked them. The set was quite small and didn't really kind of get a feeling. But that man powering a machine yeah. was awful. And yeah. it was really quite impressively done. But did you know that originally it was far more extreme, the plan? Wow. And they stepped away from the macabre. Originally, the tractators, did you know, were using all of the humans' bodies to create machines. That so would they make were, more sense. So they were made out of bones and everything, like the excavating machines, everything was made out of human remains. It didn't make sense that they were just using that one man. No. It's like, what happens with all yeah, the other ones? they were using everyone. Nice. And originally, the Gravis could only speak because they had created this sort of horrible thing that was a human head or something made out and of stuff. And he was speaking through that. speaking through that. Wow, that's quite clever. But so, they just was that, like, well, they Barbara Woodhouse. Well, they said it's too much for, yeah. for TV. Now Mary Whitehouse, I'm thinking not Barbara Woodhouse. Barbara she's, she's dog. She's dog trainer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that would have been really good. Uh, yeah. But isn't that interesting? That yes. It was meant to be much more dark. Yeah. That would have liked that. Yeah, it would have been good. Yeah. It would have made more sense as well. Yeah. Are we into episode four yet for you? Yes! Good. Um, so I liked all the stuff about Tegan. He pretends Tegan's an android, but the walk's not quite right and all that sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah, I didn't... Was that just so he didn't do anything to her? I think it was just to protect her. Right, yeah. She was furious. Yeah. So he kind of... And he didn't. it didn't look like it was for any purpose. Yeah. Like that whole thing about pretending to be kind of on his side. Like he didn't really use it for anything. Yeah. Like when Tom Baker does that, like with... Um, Chappie and Armageddon Factor like he kind of uses it for a purpose he kind of yeah. entraps someone but he's yeah. just like he does it for a while and then goes ah nah I'm not really yeah. up for it but yeah like it just yeah it could have been stronger yeah um, I wrote down the direction is terrible at one point yeah I just thought there were so many scenes which could have been better realised more time taken on them more understanding of what was going on it felt very theatrical as we've said but too much, too amateur dramatic. Sometimes. There was yeah, there was a few amdram moments. There was oh. a bit where um, what's his name, Gray um, Range. Range. Uh, he kind of like they decide, Pat, we're going here, and he kind of runs off set just as you'd imagine someone running yes. off set in an amdram production. Yeah. He was like, right here we go. Yes. Yeah, no, it was quite funny. Um, and when the tractators headbutt the floor, it was really funny. That face plant was just amazing. It that was what? the face plant, yeah, because yes. it was like poop. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny, wasn't it? I don't think it was meant to be. No, it um, just yeah, that immobility kind of yeah. made it silly. Yeah, I did like the fact that you kind of have the Dalek invasion of Earth plotline to drive Frontios like the Daleks plan to drive Earth. Yeah, and it made me think connection between stories, which we haven't had for a while, that. What is at the centre of the Earth? Is there a magnetic core so you can drive it around? So there's the connection with Inferno. What, yeah. what are they drilling for? Yeah. But also the whole gravity thing. Sorry, did you want me to? No. Um, that, it kind of also doesn't make sense because we all know, like, the further you get down... Yeah, <laughs> I don't think Ryan that's wrote, how... Ryan, that's not me. Obviously, it's the scientific... Yeah. I don't think that's how gravity works. You know, yeah, <laughs> no, it's just like... So he's got this gravity... Like, the whole thing is about gravity, yet... He can. He's stronger than the the core of the planet, or something. Like it just doesn't make sense. Like surely they should have a greater 
kind of pull on their bodies the lower they're going down it like that should be that should be an impact and you wouldn't like you wouldn't be able to drive a planet with that in any way shape or form it just yeah it just it was not well thought through now what do we know about these creatures the tunnel system is a gigantic ring smooth and mathematically precise yes they're building a gravity motor motor that's what they do to planets they're going to drive frontios mm. Steer it through the galaxy under the power of gravity. To steal and plunder wherever they go. And breed. Infesting new planets. Nowhere in the universe will be safe from them. I have a question for you that's important. Mm -hmm. It's a wider question. It doesn't just go to this story. Gosh. Does the Fifth Doctor do, rather, do the Fifth Doctor and Tegan have an abusive relationship? Ooh. Because I feel that Tegan is often abused, ignored, left in danger by the Doctor and mm. it's not appropriate at all. Definitely I think the relationship with the Fifth Doctor and most people is a little bit odd. Yeah. Like he's not particularly respectful of other people's wishes, mm -hmm. he does just do his own thing yeah. quite a lot. Um, I mean, but that could be sort of the Doctor in a lot of situations. But yeah, he does kind of allow them to get in danger an awful lot yeah. and not really... And like the next story, Tegan leaves because she says it's not yeah. being fun. And I don't blame her. I mean, here, she gets left in the tunnels by the Doctor and the three of them, with Turlough and everyone else, and they get into the TARDIS. They don't tell her. Yeah. And she's just left there outside in yeah. the console room and the, the Gravis and the Tractators are menacing her. Yeah. And then finally she just gets in on her own accord. She yes. finds her way in. But the Doctor has no concern for yeah, her. Yeah, his okay. duty of care is it's just, just completely yeah, it's, lacking. It's exactly that phrase that I, I thought, the duty yeah. of care isn't there. No. He doesn't care what happens to Tegan at no. all. No, and then he'd be quite happy to take a swipe at her for moaning yeah. the next minute. Yeah. 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 TARDIS! It's all but anyway. Plantagenet and I have been working out a plan. Well, they'd better work because they're right outside. Oh, I rather hope they would be. One thing I thought about with the um, the pulling together of the the TARDIS was obviously because they showed the TARDIS console room. Yeah. Like they hadn't, they didn't show the the enormity of a TARDIS. Like I'm thinking, what should be happening now if it's all split there apart? Bits everywhere. There should be a swimming pool yeah. coming at any minute. Oh, or just so there much be bits, bits of TARDIS, happening. not just near the console room. Yeah, just have all more of, of the impact. things. There should have been there, rooms yeah, coming exactly. in. And, yeah, and it was just the console better. room. Tegan should have walked through a bit and thought, why is my bedroom here? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but they just they made it look like a, the TARDIS is small. It's like in their heads, the TARDIS is just the console, console room because it is for them on production level. That's all it really is. Um, and yeah, I think that came through in a bad way. I did like the way the Doctor tricked him into reassembling the TARDIS because he knew then he'd be cut off from the Tractators in terms of mental power. Um, I thought that was good. Mm. And I think that reassembling the TARDIS I thought was hilarious. The graph is just wearing, wearing and doing... <laughs> wiggle, wiggle, wiggle! So <laughs> but what I really hated at this point was this moment was, was transposed with Range and Norna talking and he was saying, it's the end of Frontios. And she just turned to him and said, 
Or the beginning, Father. No, yeah, no. Not the beginning, because that's happened ages ago. So yeah. it's not the beginning. It's just like a really annoyingly and poetic thing And they have got no to reason say. to be optimistic at that yeah. point. At all. Yeah. No, and I didn't it was like just, that. Yeah, no, like, it was just a really trite thing a big explosion and loads of stuff, noises, was a good thing. Yeah. You'd never think it was good. Yeah. It just... Or the beginning, Father. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was really, like, yeah. shitty. Didn't like it. Yeah. So... Interesting choice that the Doctor and Tegan leave Turlo behind in order to take the Gravis to this planet to mm. drop him there. Why would they leave T- Turlo? I could understand why you would. But I thought it was odd in terms of the plot. Yeah, it didn't make sense. A lot of that stuff was just like, oh, well, we can have a dialogue here because they're going there. And, and yeah. why don't we have more of the Doctor and Tegan just travelling alone? Big finish opportunity here. Yes. They drop the Gravis off. Have a little side adventure. adventure. Yeah. Yes, there's an opportunity here. I think right to big finish. Yes. Absolutely. But... What is really surprising is that John Nathan Turner wants to bring the Tractators back. Oh my God. You didn't need them back again. They weren't that good, were they? Well, we don't really know anything about them. We know about the Gravis, but we don't know anything about the Tractators or what they do or why. Yeah. And another question I've got about this whole story is, all the way through, the Doctor is suddenly obsessed with how he shouldn't interfere. Weirdly. It's just like, (laughs) suddenly, we care about the Time Lords and how they kind of control. Like, that's never been an opinion before. And I was like, are we about to go back to, like, Gallifrey? Is that what you're kind of, the seed you're planting? It was just bizarre. It was bizarre, the obsession. It was like someone who didn't know about Doctor Who had decided this was a key element. Yes. And they're like, oh, don't tell anyone that we helped you. And it's like... we don't get involved. Of course you do. That's the whole tenet of Doctor Who. And they even underlined it in the Five Doctors at the end. And, like... Tegan says, oh, we're just going to wander around and erect the Altaris and all that stuff. And it's like, that's the central premise. And now you're suddenly undermining that by saying, we we mustn't interfere. Yeah. It's like, where is that coming from? (laughs) Really, yeah, you're right. It sounds like someone's heard that from someone. Oh, we must include that. But all the way through. Yeah. Regularly. Completely. We can't help them. We mustn't do anything. Yeah. This is the colony must survive or die on its own. I uh, I know it's not much, but uh, a farewell token. Frontius is honoured, Doctor. But surely you'll stay a while longer and enjoy some of the new colony we're building? Oh, no, no. Far too much repair work of my own to be done. Besides, time and the time laws don't permit it. There's an etiquette about these things which we've rather overlooked, I'm afraid. But, Doctor, you've done so much for us. Yes, quite. Don't mention it. After all he's done, he just says don't mention it. He means it, literally. Don't mention it to anyone. So, we have come to the end of Frontios. At the end, they're thinking, is it the Gravis? It's in fact the Daleks pulling them towards the Earth at the end. There's oh, that nice. sort of slight cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. But where do you stand on Frontios? Mm-hmm. Hopefully not on the uneven ground. You might get drawn I know, exactly. Thoughts. I think, yes, for the, for the want of concrete. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, it, it's, got a, it's got a plot. It has a bit of a world that they didn't... They didn't realise well enough, but had potential. It had some goodish characters. Mm. Um, I'm, 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 I'm not annoyed by it. Like I'm not worries of the deepish with it. Like there were some really good parts to it. There was a lot of potential that could have taken it a bit further. So I don't stand in a I hate it kind of a space. Mm. Like I, I got joy from it. It's not one that I know well, and so. The bits that I did see, I was like, oh yeah, that's, that's a bit interesting, I'm glad you did a bit of that. And I'm now hearing like the 
the extra lengths they would have got to if they'd have been able to be a little bit more gross, I think that would have that would have really helped. Um, I think it needed that horror element to mm. make it a bit darker. Yeah. Because, yeah, it would have made it felt less stagey as well, I think. And I generally love a bit of, you know, revolting rebels and looting. And, yeah. and I think that side of things could have been really nice. Like, it would have felt like we believed in but this civilization. we didn't in that group who we was developed enough or who could act well enough. We yeah. just had Cockrell and that other guy who looked like he was from a porn film with a moustache. Yeah. yeah. It was just like, oh... Why? Yeah, yeah. They just, they just, they faffed around on the edges. And why and they was that group all men as well? Yeah, I know. It was just, just weirdly unnecessary. No. Yeah. So, my feeling is that it's, it's a really missed opportunity. Mm. I wanted to enjoy it way more than I did. Yeah. And I remember feeling that at the time, but at the same time, it was way better than Warriors of the Deep. Mm-hmm. And but I didn't like it as much as Awakening. And I remember thinking. Oh, this is a shame. Mm. Because I think it was one of the better ones, Peter mm-hmm. Davison. And a lot of people regard it as one of the best. But I do think that the silliness of the tractators I really struggle with. Okay. Yeah, they weren't a problem at all. Yeah. But yeah, I can understand. Mm. So, TARDIS is out of ten. I think I'm quite confident on a six. Same. Oh. But you're wrong for your six and I'm right. <laughs> yeah, my six is wrong. Your six is correct. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I, Ryan. I know Ryan's score does not matter an iota. Is he, he not but, coming in for a bit of a... But he said a five. Oh, okay. He's yeah. in the hot tub right now. I don't think we could... Can't we take it out there for an opinion? No. That's no. not. That's not. I think, yeah. That really We're is We're done, it. aren't we? Oh, well, we didn't do a dress for success. <gasps> Shit. Let's do dress for success. I'm gonna get dressed for success in your opinion <laughs> well there was only one person with an outfit choice I think but uh, yeah this is a pretty special Tegan one yeah we love her pleather mini we love her um, her patches of colour on her t-shirt and her, do, her heels are, are very of a time I think she could have gone for a higher heel in the 90s but in the 80s it was just right um, hair's looking cool she's, she's pretty special yes as I said I love the polyester uniforms there's just something about them that really is enjoyable for me you're like yep yeah, that's that's what you should be wearing you're on a planet and it's a colony and therefore you must be wearing a polyester outfit so <laughs> yeah I think that worked well I liked the um, tractator kind of overall look like if they're if you're doing a stills shoot it works really well it's just as soon as they move that you're struggling um but yeah no I think it was good don't care about Turner because he never makes an effort I really feel like he just doesn't make an effort at all ever with his clothes unfortunately um but yeah I think there's absolutely nothing more that can be said because pretty much everyone has the same outfit don't they yes totes yeah I don't think there's anything. Uh, the doctor has glasses, and that's kind oh, of, I have uses not the noticed. That makes him look oh. a bit different. Okay. I kind of like that, but um, no, it's kind of a shame that like Norna didn't get a chance to be wearing something cool and eighties. They just they needed someone else. Like I feel like if they just found a child in the tunnels or something, if they just had like a someone to care about, someone who could just do something more for the plot, make you fall in love with it a bit then yeah there would have been so much more potential and the summer dress someone wearing a summer dress would have really picked it up <laughs> yes indeed mm-hmm. 
Well, that was worth doing. Yeah. Post. Yes. Dressed for success. Good. So, I've got the randomizer.net open. Good. But I've already got the story, but I don't know if we want to do okay, it. Okay, tell me. Mm. And that hasn't been animated. Yes, it has. Been animated. <laughs> but it has been been animated. But I feel like we've done a lot of Patrick Trout recently. Yeah. Should we choose something else? Mm-hmm. We've already done Destiny of Time. Mm-hmm. Dragonfire. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I reckon we should. I reckon we should. Proud Giants. We've done a lot of heart off. Ark in Space! <laughs> Why didn't you just say, I want to do Ark in Space? <laughs> the randomizer until I get the one I want. <laughs> I'd love to do the arc in space. Okay, well, <laughs> randomly, <laughs> randomly we appear to be doing oh the arc in God. space next, out of nowhere. That is amazing. Yes, I think it's because I watched Dragonfire recently and really didn't enjoy it. Oh, I wasn't expecting to like it. Okay. <laughs> That's not the point, is no, it? absolutely not. So next time, dear listeners, we will be back with the arc in space and Vyra. Yes. Yes. Oh, nice. Until then, keep safe and warm, especially if you're in the UK. Yes. Jeez. Probably cool off if you're in New Zealand. Yeah, in New Zealand, you'll be Jump cool in enough. the pool. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Um, we won't be together next time, which no. is deeply, deeply upsetting. Because you're just not trying. I know. Yeah. Bye. Bye. the appetite beneath the ground who is she who is she who is she where did you find her